girl. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you. I'm so ready. I'm so excited for you to be here. Um, listen, let me introduce Jenna to everybody who's tuning in just now on Influencer Summit. Uh, oh my gosh, what an amazing day so far. My mind has been blown. And thank you everyone for participating. Jenna is here with us. And uh, for those of you who are near, we got some people in Zoom, Jenna. We got people on Facebook groups all over the place. Thousands of people watching with us right now. And I know they're going to get so much value, but I kind of want to brag on you a little bit. <laughs> well, here we go. <laughs> Y'all, Jenna is one of the nicest people I have met in this industry, one of the most genuine. As you follow her online, you know that she is always creating beautiful, thoughtful, deep, engaging, and real human content. Her podcast, The Gold Digger Podcast, is epically huge, deservedly so. She's an incredible teacher and trainer across social media platforms of how to do it well. And she's a living example of that. And she's somebody who Denise, my wife, loves and who I feel like has taught me a lot of what we can be doing on social media to share our message. And she's one of our great friends. Jenna Kutcher is with us on Influencer Summit. Jenna, I gotta say it again. Hmm. I'm so thrilled for you to be here. Tell us where you're at right now. Yeah, so we are in northern Minnesota. Um, so for anyone living in a small town and you're thinking there's no way I can be an influencer, uh, the town that we are in is 1,200 people. Um, and there's no Target within two hours, no McDonald's. We are literally in this sweet little unincorporated town in the middle of the woods with our little family. And this is our little um, guest house turned into an office. Which matters that there's no Target because she's also a new mom. Yes. <laughs> yes. We have to wait for Amazon Prime for everything. So if you can't wait for two days, you better get creative and get fancy. <laughs> <laughs> My phone is blowing up right now, Jenna, because everyone loves you so much and they've been waiting to see you. And I didn't announce the agenda for people. And I can tell you, Jenna is one of the most like anticipated people that are just so excited to see her. Um, Jenna, I would love for you to share a little bit. Um, you know, one of the things I'm trying to get to here is sharing some things that a lot of people might not know about our journeys as influencers and about how hard it is sometimes to start and to get in it and to kind of get over yourself because there's all that self-image. There's a lot of, you know, that, that, that doubt that we all have. And I think you've done a great job of conveying this message of believing in yourself and getting over some of those self-image concerns to share more of yourself. Could you tell a little bit about that journey? Like, how did you get there and how are people watching who are like, I want to share more. I want to be more, but I don't like this part of myself or I'm scared of what other people are going to think. Yeah. I mean, how many people that are watching right now just feel like you're boring or you feel like you're not enough or you're not skinny enough or your skin is not smooth enough or you don't have the right body shape or you're never going to look like these fitness influencers on Instagram. I think that deep down within us, there's all of these insecurities. And when I'm really getting honest, I think that so many people actually fear success just as much as they fear failure. We talk about fearing failure and fearing fear, like being afraid of messing up. 
But a lot of times we don't get super, super honest with the fact that success is also scary. Like when we reach levels um, that are greater than what we thought was even possible, what happens if we fall? What happens if we mess up? What happens if the public sees these things, these insecurities that we are deeply already believing about ourselves? And for me, um, it's always been this feeling of like, I'm not interesting enough or I need to change. Like I am a small town Minnesota mom. Um, and a lot of times I'm always thinking like, gosh, why does anybody even care? Like no one cares about what I ate for breakfast. No one cares about what diapers I choose to use. Like none of that matters. And so when we hear the term influencer, a lot of times we think, well, good for them, but not for me, right? Like good for them that they can influence the world. Good for them that they have these platforms to use for their passions, but it's not for me. And the truth is, is that if you have one follower, just one follower, you are an influencer, you have influence. And I think that the culture of today is always telling us we need to do more, be more, get more followers, make more money. And Brendan, I loved how you led off today with just saying that it's not always about more. It's about being enough. And so my whole mission, the way that I show up, the way that I teach, the way that I hopefully inspire the world is to figure out how it is that you can own your enoughness and how to help other people feel less alone. And that's really the platform that I want to build on. I love that. And when you started, though, how did you like <laughs> find that? I mean, we get this all the time and I know you receive those. I'm like, but Jenna, how do you find your message? How do you find yeah. your passion, the thing that you're going to be doing anyway? Yeah. So my, I'll give you a very quick, like bird's eye view of my career. So I graduated from college, got a job in the corporate world, hated it, landed in a windowless office. And I was like, I need a vehicle out of here. I don't know what that vehicle is going to be, but I have to get out of here. And that vehicle ended up being a camera from Craigslist that I purchased. I had never taken an art class. I wasn't super creative. I had never been in photography workshops, nothing. Um, but I was passionate again. How many of you today feel just like burnt out? Like if somebody asked you like, what's your passion beyond work, beyond life, beyond your family? Like, do you not even, you don't even know anymore. Like you don't know what it is to have an idea or an imagination. You don't know what it is to practice that. And so I found this camera and I realized, man, like I was spending nights trying to learn how to use it. And I was editing photos in this awful app called Picnic. And I was trying to figure out like, wait, could this camera be the vehicle out of the corporate world? And that's exactly what it was for me. And so I decided I'm going to become a wedding photographer, started a free WordPress blog, started sharing these terribly edited photos, but I was passionate. And that passion just was so much brighter than my inexperience that I was able to become a wedding photographer. Um, over the next eight years, I had a very successful wedding photography career. I was named the top wedding photographer in Wisconsin for three years in a row. Um, and I loved wedding photography, but I realized that I was back in the motion of trading time for money. And when we decided to start our family and to grow our family, I realized that the type of life that I wanted, the way that I defined success had changed. It wasn't about six figures. It wasn't about shooting weddings every single weekend. It was more about what type of mom do I want to be? What type of life do I want to bring this child into? And so that was when I again pivoted and started teaching other people how to build a business the way that I built it. I had created systems and strategies. And so I started just sharing 
sharing those with the world when I realized I did things differently than people. I had different results because I did things differently. And so that's where I started pivoting into this online space. And when I think about becoming an influencer, the one thing that I want for you to know is if you took the time today to scroll back through the thousands of posts that I've shared, you would see very similar messages to the same ones I'm sharing today. Not because I'm a broken record, but because I have been talking about the same things, about the same passions and sharing with them with the world when there was only a few hundred people, when there's only a few thousand people watching and people started to pay attention. And so one of the things that I often find, and Brendan, I know you find this too, is people will say, well, once I have the followers, then I'll start talking about the things that matter to me. No, no, no. You start talking about the things that matter to you in order to get those followers. Yeah. And right now, I mean, same thing. I'm still talking about personal development. I mean, my first book on personal development came out in 2001. Yeah. And still many of the same themes, but you find new ways to access it. You find new ways to explore it, to master it, to care about it. And also your audience is going to ask you so many questions. Yeah. I mean, out of all audiences that I know, I think Jenna's question. Jenna's audience asks her more questions about everything because I see the comments on social media and she takes those questions and it really guides her ability to go deeper on her topic and to, yeah. to share things that are relevant to her. So for those of you who are in your houses or your garages and you're always trying to figure out like, what am I going to say? Your audience is going to help guide that. Jenna, I see, I just feel like in the last two years, you feel like that's true for you. I feel like, you, uh, is there anything you've done in the last two years that was really guided by the by what you were getting feedback from your community on? Yeah, I mean, it's super interesting because I think a lot of times people can be confused at like, okay, what exactly do you do? Because one day I'll be talking about skincare and the next day I'll be talking about motherhood and the next day I'll be talking about body image and then I'll be teaching marketing strategies and people are like, wait, what do you do? And my platform is based on me. And I think that the reason why I was able to pivot out of the trading time for money and get into a space where I could make a bigger impact at a mass level and claim back my time as my currency was because I didn't hide behind my work. I never just thought that my work will speak for itself because so many people, what they do is they have a product or a service or they have this finished thing, which for me at the time was wedding photos. And they hide behind that because it's safe, feels safe, right? Like you can say, here's what I put out into the world. And if you want this, then this is for you. But the thing is, is that people expect your product or service, but what they don't expect is the experience that only you can offer. And yeah. that experience is going to be this multifaceted, multi-passionate experience because you are a human. Like if you aren't positive that you want to do exactly what you're doing today, five years from now, then what I want for you to do is focus on building a true brand. Like your products or services, those are your offers that makes your business. But when you build a true brand, that is the personality behind those offers. Even when I was a wedding photographer, there was a specific personality that resonated with people that gave people a reason to follow me. Even if they weren't an engaged woman looking for a wedding photographer or man trying to find a photographer for them, 
in the next year. Because if I had only lived behind my work, the pool of people that I could impact, the pool of customers that I could get would have been so minuscule that I maybe would have only had 25 followers, right? And then once they had the product or service, they would just have no reason to follow me. And so we have to focus today with you, Influencer Summit, on how it is that you build this true brand that allows you to evolve and grow as a human. Like I have experienced so much growth. I have been stretched in ways that I wasn't prepared to. I've been thrust onto stages that I didn't feel ready for in the last two years. And I've made a lot of mistakes. Um, but the truth is, is that when you have a brand, there is that personality that leaves that room for saying, hey, I'm a student too. Like I'm learning as well. Um, but here's what I'm learning in the middle of it. I love it. I love it. How do you, you know, when, when you think about the brand and the message and you're, you're going through all these different things, how did you find what to offer? Because I love how you, you said, it's like, well, you, you have the business and these offerings. And, and a lot of people watching right now, Jenna, they, they know they should be doing more on social media. Mm -hmm. And that's not what's exciting to them, you know, because they're like, ah, but what's exciting to them is, oh, maybe I can have some more lifestyle freedom here. Maybe I can, you know, have something to offer that earns side income while I'm staying at home or helps me leave this dead end job or helps me feel like whatever I am selling or serving is really going to help people as a product or service. Like, but it's hard to find that. I mean, one is believing in yourself that you should put yourself out there. The other is, okay, but what do I do? And a lot of people get, it's, it's hard for them to conceive themselves as a brand, but once they understand there's a business thing, they go, Oh, I could, yeah, I could, I could sell something. Oh yeah. That'd be good for my family and the financial outcome. But what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think that if we kind of take a page from Dean Graziosi's book, it's all about finding your superpower. So what is the thing that you uniquely know how to do, solve, create, systemize? What is that thing? And a lot of times when people attend summits like this, they're thinking, well, I'm not in the business of making other people money. So there's no way that I'm going to be successful, right? Like that is one of the biggest objections. And the thing is, is that if you can save people time or simplify a process or just bring somebody more joy, you have an offer that you can present to the world that is of value. But what happens is, is that we are way too close to our own genius. Like the things that are so common sense to us are literally life-changing. Like my mind-blowing for other people. And so we live in this world where we think, well, everyone knows how to do that, or this is so simple. Of course, no one would pay to learn this. But the truth is, is that we sometimes need people to speak into our lives to understand what it is that's different about us. So if you are sitting here and you're thinking, I have no idea what an offer is. I have no idea what I know that is valuable. I'm not sure what I could present to the world and say, hand over your hard-earned dollars and let me give this to you, then I would challenge you to ask someone you love to speak into your life. Say, what am I the go-to person for? Or what about me fascinates you? Or what is the result that you've seen me get myself or someone else that you're curious about? Because the thing is, is that as humans, we are obsessed with efficiency. Like Brendan, you and I, we are efficiency freaks. And so we are constantly figuring out ways to systemize, to lead us to some sort of end result faster or with less roadblocks or with less friction. And so we don't even recognize that we're creating these systems that are 
getting us results. And then we continue to fail to realize that those systems or those processes or the way that we do that thing can actually impact other people positively. And so whenever I'm doubting myself or feeling like, gosh, everyone knows this. Um, I ask somebody in my life, you know, my mom or my husband or one of my best friends, like, what do you consider me the go-to person for? What is something you've been really curious about that you wish I could walk you through? And if you have an audience, even if that audience is 30 people, they will likely tell you exactly what they want to learn from you. And the thing is, is that you don't have to have it all figured out to guide someone through that process. You just literally have to be one step ahead of them to provide meaningful value. I love that. I love that. You know what I'm always telling people is uh, don't worry that you have to figure out the thing that you're selling for the rest of your life yes. because that's so intimidating for some people. It's about, well, what could get you in the game that you would really enjoy yeah. giving and serving and promoting for the next year of your life? Because sometimes from you, that might be a book. You're going to promote it for a year of your life. Sometimes it's going to be a season where like Jenna's like was all about the podcast and she was so, I mean, it was the, 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 the love and care she put in the podcast and it was just push, 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 push for the podcast. Other times it's going to be for you. You're going to say, oh, I'm a, this is my season to do a course. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it doesn't have to be something that's going to be forever because life happens. And, and Jenna, you're a good example. of was like, oh, wait, I'm going to be a new mom now. Um, and you and I had some discussions about that and conversations even when you were out here of, of things change yeah. in our lives. Some, some of yeah. you, you're going to transition from, you know, relationships to new towns, to new businesses. So I would love, Janet, for you to talk about, like, especially being a new mom, because we have so many parents staying at home right now, dealing with so much stuff. Like, what does, can you give us a tactical rundown of your week? And how you manage it because someone messaged me that like they're like how does jenna do it all and what specifically does she do each week so like paint a picture of your real life for us because yeah. you're really good at that yeah so one of the things i've been thinking about a lot is and you touched on this earlier brendan so beautifully is the difference between accomplished based entrepreneurs and lifestyle entrepreneurs and i think that even if you don't consider yourself an entrepreneur it's so important to understand which camp you fall into so achievement based accomplishment based are the people that are always striving they have that like list of things that they want to hit whether it's clients money impact whatever that is they have this very specific list and then there are lifestyle based entrepreneurs that they want to make a living and have this certain sort of lifestyle where they can be the type of person they want to be. And I think it is so important that we first start with just defining what does success look like for you? Like, what does it look like? And what are you willing to trade in order to reach that level of success? And please write that down, y'all. I know it's so easy to breeze over things, but if if you don't write that down, what success looks like to you specifically in this industry or specifically on this platform or specifically with this offer or the sale coming up, life gets super messy and you overwork if you don't know what success looks like for you. You you have to have a picture of that somehow. So awesome, Jazz. That was good. That's so key. Yeah. And I think too, it's, it's cool to acknowledge that 
the way that we define success for ourselves is going to evolve just as we evolve and learn as a human. And so when I was a wedding photographer, I was 100% achievement based. I found so much joy in saying, you know, I'm shooting 30 weddings a year. I'm the top blah, blah, blah. And when I decided I wanted to become a mother, for those of you that don't know our story, um, it took three years and we had two miscarriages in that journey. And it was just this season of waiting for me. And it was such a, just a devastating season. I get so emotional when I think about it because whew, uh, that season taught me so much about what I define success as because the numbers didn't matter. It was, it was that ultimate goal, that why got so much deeper for me. And um, I ran into someone the other day and I just shared about our two losses. And she said, something tells me that those souls knew you needed to become who you were meant to become while you were in that journey. Sorry, wow. guys. I'm the girl bringing, bringing the mom vibes. Um, we love you. Bring but, the mom vibes. We love you. <laughs> um, but that's getting us some hearts and love here because, you know, these virtual things, these are real. This is real life, you know? Super so real. Um, but yeah, it was like that season of waiting for me where like I was able to ask those hard questions. Like, what do I actually want? What matters to me? Like when I'm sitting there feeling so crippled by this business I had built and knowing that if I didn't show up, the money wouldn't come in. I need to change. Something has to give. And so for me, it was really about like redefining success and figuring out what that new identity was. And I think that a lot of times we forget that we're able to take on these new identities. We are constantly becoming, we are learning, we are messing up, we are growing, we are being stretched. And so I would literally do this visualization where I would say, I'm going to wake up as the most successful version of myself. I'm going to put my fingers in her finger slots and ground her feet into the same floor that she will be. And this is going to be my day. And this is going to be my life. And I had this vision of this little girl eating pancakes at a table. There is music on. And I was washing the dishes, looking out. And this is the little girl that uh, came <laughs> after those visions. Um, and so for me, I needed that season of waiting because sometimes that season of waiting is just as important as what it is that we're waiting for. And so when we start to look at success and we start to dream about like where it is that we want to go, we have to be super honest as to what this season of life is calling us. Is it calling us to be that achievement based person or is it saying, here's what the lifestyle is. So for me, there are non-negotiables. Dean taught me this um, strategy where you fill in the blank to this sentence. So it says, I know I'm being successful when, and you fill in the blank, write that down. I know I'm being successful when, and then write that down. And for me, that means when I'm having breakfast with my family every day, when, and I know you've been doing this too, Brendan, when Drew says, Hey, do you want to go on a walk or a run? Or do you want to take a sauna? I say, yes. Like I, I drop whatever I'm doing and I say, yes. Um, uh, I know I'm being successful when I go to bed at a great reasonable time and I, I spend time reading just for pleasure. And so for me, um, I now work part time. Um, I'm so fortunate to have this space and I understand what it's like to be hiding in the closet when your children are banging on the door. I mean, I record most of my podcasts inside of a tiny little closet. I know what it's like to have children that follow you into the bathroom and you don't even have like a second to breathe. Um, but 
I have to figure out that balance. And then I also have to figure out how to maximize the time that I do have. So I can get done more in a nap time than I used to get done in an entire day because I'm like, these three hours are precious and I am going to rock them out. Um, and then the last piece of that is really just setting boundaries. So we recently created a cabinet in our home. I challenge you all to do this. That has a charging uh, cord and none of your devices can live outside of this cabinet. So if your device needs to be charged, it's going to live in the cabinet and I hope that it's a squeaky cabinet so that anytime you open it up your spouse or your partner or your kids or your friend or your roommate can say what are you grabbing your phone for nothing's going on you're not missing anything um and so just setting some really big boundaries around that as well with my family but then we also implement things like batch working um and just figuring out like how we can batch like-minded tasks so today was my video day because I was like I'm going to put makeup on for the first time in 30 days for Brendan so that he can see my face um, and then I'm going to record all the videos that I have been putting off for the last month because I didn't even know where my makeup, makeup bag lived. So I love it. I love it. When you are doing that, you know, you're, you're, you're saying part-time, what does that look like for Jenna? Yeah. That, yeah. Okay. We're, we're, we're going to knock out X number of videos for YouTube. We're going to do the podcast. Like, can you break it down on kind of like what the work tasks are? Cause a lot of yeah. people, what I'm, what I'm discovering, I'm getting feedback on is like, but what does it look like that I do? Yeah. Because they kind of, even if they believe in themselves or they find the message, it's like, okay, how many hours should I focus on video or on audio? or And, and how do you make those decisions? Yeah. So I usually will have breakfast with the family. I'll come out at around 10 a.m. I'll work from 10 to 1, so three hours. And then I usually go inside and I'm on monitor duty. So I watch the monitor so that my husband can have his own time during the day. Um, and that means the baby you know, monitor, just for everybody yes, baby monitor duty. Baby I'm monitor. watching the baby <laughs> monitor. Um, and then I basically get to work until about like 5 PM and that's when I cut off. So what my days look like is figuring out what it is that I can do to move the needle. So nowadays what happens is we are so distracted. So you're going to see so many incredible experts, people that are authors, YouTube creators, podcasters, all these different things. And you're likely going to feel overwhelmed. Like, oh my gosh, I need to start a YouTube channel, create a top hit podcast. I need to record videos that are super captivating in the first three to eight seconds. I need to do all these things and you're going to start to freak out. Right. But what I, I think that Jay said that I loved what he was talking about is that he mastered one platform and made it almost formulaic for himself before he moved on to the next. And so what I always look at is where does your passion and true progress intersect? Because there is going to be a platform that you find yourself scrolling more often or a place that you find yourself researching or a form of creation that you find yourself drawn to that just feels more approachable. It could be writing, it could be video, it could be audio, it could be Instagram stories, whatever that looks like. And when you can actually find where your passion intersects with true progress, it doesn't mean that it has to be your greatest passion work. It needs to mean that it's something that you're actually committing to do and showing up consistently. That's where you need to put your attention. Now, I mentioned early briefly that we like to batch work. So that what that means is that a lot of times we think that we're able to be multitaskers, right? Especially women, we are so guilty. We're like, I'm going to do eight things at once and I'm going to do them all really well. But the truth is, is that when you batch work, 
you set aside super like-minded tasks so that you only have to set up and shut down once and so that you can knock everything out all at one time. So for example, yesterday I was batch recording my podcast. So I had already reviewed all of our notes and our outlines. I set up my microphone once I did one sound check and I hit record and I knocked out as much as I could in that three hour time chunk. The next day I might be planning out our social stuff. And the thing is that happens is that you are able to be way more strategic when you approach work this way because you're not just doing a bunch of one-off posts you're seeing the common thread that thread that binds that thread that connects and converts and you're able to say okay how am i connecting with people how are these call to actions making sense where am i guiding them to what do i want them to do when they're done consuming this and so i like to break up my work into batch working so tomorrow then i'll be doing a different task sure you guys wrote those questions down she just said like i'm just jumping in real quick jenna to remind them yeah. don't be passive listeners when you have people like jenna or jay or myself and we're like hey these are the questions to ask yourself we've thought about those questions she's not just talking she's like oh no that that's how she's organizing herself oh where do they go now what happens after this and these yes. types of things are the things you write down because it, it sometimes it sounds so casual i this is where i struggled as an influencer coming in it's like when people talk about oh i do this and this and this they're giving you the roadmap. They're giving you like the operational tools and tactics and stuff like that. So make sure you're really capturing some of these questions that she's asking to drive her day. This is great. Jen. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And a round of applause, think... by the way. We're just so happy Jenna's here. You're Aww. doing so great. This is this is so helpful. I'm taking notes like crazy over here. Oh, thank you. I think that it's just one of those things where a lot of times we have so many ideas and we hear so many different things. And the biggest thing that I want to encourage everyone that's attending and learning today is to take what serves you and let the rest go. When you are hearing different techniques, strategies, ideas, um, like like action items, you immediately know like this feels in alignment or yes, I can commit to this or yes, this makes total sense to me. And I think that a lot of times while we're taking notes and things like that, we're thinking, okay, I need to do all of these things. But what I would encourage you to do, and I always do this, Brendan, whenever we all get together at the end of the night, I'll go down, I won't look at my notes and I'll write down the three things that stuck with me because one, I have mom brain. So things don't stick with me all that long. And two, there are going to be three main points or three things that somebody said or three ideas that I want to execute on at the end of the day. And if I'm still thinking about those three things eight hours later, then that's likely a good sign that that's in alignment with my vision, my beliefs and the way that I want to impact. And so I just want to give you full permission to really get like honest with yourself and say, you know, maybe I'm not going to be the next YouTube star, uh, but maybe I love to host conversations and a podcast feels more approachable to me. Uh, maybe these are these techniques that I picked up today that are going to help me to really connect with people in a way that serves me and serves them where they're at. Um, so I just wanted to throw that in. Yeah, I love that. Speaking of podcast, um, you know, I asked Jay, and I'll probably ask most of our guests this. It's like when, they're, when there's these areas that you're just crushing it on, if you can give like three pieces of advice on. And I think one thing, I, I just love following you on Instagram anyway, because you're my friend. I get to see baby. I get to see, you know, I just can see your life in such a different way than like I show. I like show quotes. <laughs> you show such a different level of intimacy, which I love. So could you give like, if people wanted to grow their Instagram audience, three tactical pieces of advice, but then also your podcast, which I hope you all listen to the gold digger is so good about, you know, just 
digging down to find your goals, but also living your life. So um, three tactical pieces about growing a podcast. Okay. So let's start with Instagram. Instagram. So um, if you're familiar with me, this is going to be no shock that I'm going to kick off with you uh, about the JK5. So this is a method that a lot of our friends have taken on, Dean and Russell. Russell wrote about this in his book, uh, Russell Brunson. But the JK5 is my method for creating connection and showing up on social media. So I want for you to imagine that your life or your brand, or if you have an existing business, is a magazine, okay? So I want for you to literally visualize you like in an airport, which what are airports anymore? Uh, But in an airport and you see your magazine on the shelf with your picture on it. And I want for you to think about the different headlines that would be featured on your magazine. So what topics are you going to cover? What hooks do you have on there? What headlines are going to grip someone in and bring them into your life? Um, For me, what I talk about, I talk about motherhood. I talk about business. I talk about life. I talk about Minnesota. I talk about traveling. I talk about body image. Uh, There's so many different things that I talk about that if I were to have a magazine would be covered in that magazine. And this is going to help you get outside of yourself with all of those doubts. And it's also going to help for you to not always hide behind your product or your service. And so when you think about these five different topics, let's just stick with five because it's a good number. This is what you're going to lean on when you start to think about your social media strategy. So I want for you to pick five different things and only one to two of them actually have to do with the offer that you're selling. So the other three to four pieces of your JK5 are going to be connection pieces that will allow you to connect with your audience in a way that is just serving them, that is binding you two together, that is creating community and helping people to feel more enough or less alone, whatever that looks like. And so let's say on Instagram, we're going to plan to post money. Monday through Friday. Guess what? You have five categories. So you are going to cover each category one time in the week. So for me, Monday could be motherhood. Tuesday could be business. Wednesday could be about marriage. Thursday could be about body image. And Friday could be about books. I don't know, whatever that is. So I can continue to cover all of these different topics. Now think about it. There are likely accounts that you follow where you just resonate with one of those categories, right? Like there's one thing that you love about this person and that gives you a reason to follow them. This is going to give people a reason to follow you, even if they're not currently interested in what you have to offer. And it's going to give them time to understand you at a more human level with your brand being that personality and connect with you. So those people, like there are people that follow me just because I share super honestly about our experience with miscarriage. They connect with that one tie. They might not be interested in marketing, but I'm not repelling them when I'm talking about the different topics. They just resonate more with one certain one. And so for me, creating this sort of system really helped to kind of give me that guiding light so that I wouldn't open up Instagram and be like, I have nothing to post or I don't want know what I want to post next. Now, here's a really tactical thing. So it's like a view in a different part of your life and you do that every day. Yeah. Yep. So it's just one category, Monday, Tuesday, and it doesn't have to be super rigid and it doesn't have to be the same exact story over and over and over again, but you're creating this consistency that people can rely on. And you're also making people think of you when they think of something other than your business or service. Um, And so here's something that's super tactical. So if you're thinking, well, I don't know what my five categories would be tonight before or not tonight, don't do it tonight because your eyes will be 
burned into your head. But before you go to bed or when you have a little bit of free time, jump onto your phone and open up your camera roll and look at the things that you naturally document, the things that are important to you. It could be home interiors or meals. It could be nature. It could be movies that you love. It could be books you're reading, whatever that is. Look through your camera roll. Your camera roll is going to reveal topics to you that you've already created a content library that's literally just living inside of your camera roll. And if you want to take this even a step further, you can create an album on your phone for each of your JK5 categories. So I could create an album that says motherhood, and then I could drop in any photos that I'm seeing that have motherhood as a theme and start building out this library of content. Now, Someone's going to ask this, so I'm going to answer it. People are probably wondering, well, wait, don't you have to post in real time or it didn't happen? And that is the biggest myth when it comes to social media. Do not post in real time. Don't do that. Like you do not need to post in real time. In fact, I highly encourage you to be present for your life. Take the photo and put your phone down. If you're on a date night, take the picture. Give her a round of applause. Put your phone down. Be on date Um, night. Be with your family with your friends you don't have yes. to yes thank you Jenna. yes do share not post in real time have to share this so people hear this <laughs> omg oh i know we, we have lots of rules around phones one of them is that we put our phones in the glove box and lock the glove box before we go into a date because phones don't belong on dates but um i just want to encourage you because here's the thing is if you're posting in real time you have no time to ask yourself why does this matter How am I inviting someone in to make this moment matter to them? How am I serving anyone with this post? Is it just serving my ego or am I actually aiming to help reach somebody? And what step do I want people to take next? So the three questions you have to ask yourself before you post anything is who is this post serving? Why does it matter to them? And what do I want them to do after they see this? And a lot of times, if you're posting in real time, you don't think through any of that. You pop up a few emojis, you hit publish, and you move forward. That's why you're not actually generating any results on Instagram. When people are telling me these days, and I think it's across the board that engagement is down, I always respond with, well, sure, engagement might be down, but are your results down? Because if you're following an actual strategy, the end game isn't just in likes and comments and follows. The end game is guiding people down this path to more invitations from you, to stay in touch with you, to build that relationship with you. Um, So first, JK5. Second, don't post in real time. And then third, challenge yourself to just show up for one minute a day. Invite people into your world. So like Brendan said, he's like, I love it because I just feel like this. it's this intimate look at you. But here's the thing. How many of you have ever gone over to somebody's house and now all of a sudden you can visualize their life unfolding inside of it? Like it it opens up your imagination and you're like, I know where Brendan makes his morning coffee or I know where Denise sits on that patio and reads her favorite novel. I can picture their life unfolding and it really deepens your relationship and allows you to fill in the gaps that we naturally are trying to fill in when it comes to social media, right? Like we're constantly trying to think like, 
like, what was the moment that happened before that? What's happening after that? What is she doing in between that? And so when you invite people into your life in that more intimate way, just showing one minute of your day, that's like four Instagram story clips. It allows people to understand the scenes that are happening for you. And it makes that connection so much stronger to really help connect the dots on why something should matter to them. Um, so those so are my good. three Instagram tips. How is that? Oh my gosh. That's so good, Jenna. That's so good. And you know, it's so funny because, you know, we got all some of my community here and you're like, oh, that's where Denise sits to read. And, and that's where Brendan, and they're like, we've never seen that. Why doesn't he do that? Because you're the only, like you and my friend groups on text, you're the only, you, I share that with my super close friends, um, yeah. but I don't do that, those little one minute scenes. And I should, mm -hmm. but also I think this is a really great reminder for people. Like there's parts of our lives we don't have to share. And what I love yes. with simplicity is one minute, show them what, whether that's a minute of your 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 favorite workout, your favorite meal, whether it's one minute playing with the kids in the yard that you feel comfortable with. I yep. think it's everyone can find a minute. Yep. Everyone can find a minute of your day to share. And I'm guilty of not doing that enough. Um, and I also want to share why. Like for me, my primary identity on social media has always been, I just want to share my writing. I want the yeah. words itself and and i was doing this long before it you know instagram etc but i know that as you'll see in this coming year as we go to scale what we're doing that's going to be a very important thing of i have to as jay said innovate and get out there and as jenna would teach me show more vulnerability in scenes of life too so i think it's really important it's funny because many of you if you've studied with me for a while you know we've always taught you have to share you have to tell the customer about scenes of their life, what it's like before, what the scene of their life will be after when you're trying to sell something. But that's so true on social media too, of your own life. So I think that's so good. Okay. Yeah. Um, three, those were super tactile now. We'll give a round of applause. It's so good. Um, three things to grow a podcast. And again, please, right. the gold digger, which we love as a podcast. I have it on my morning walk routine. Often I'm listening to you, Jenna. So, Three things to grow a podcast. All right, here we go. Um, so we just hit 40 million downloads, which is hey! so mind-blowing. 400 episodes. Um, and wow. I just want you to know, like, I don't have a studio. Wow. I don't have, like, there's, there's nothing crazy beyond just this ability to want and this desire to show up and to teach. Um, and so for a podcast, so can I actually show you my setup really quick? Do you guys want to see yes. my setup? Uh, yes, what show, it looks show. like? So, okay, hold on. I'm going to rotate my camera here. Okay, maybe not. Here, I'll bring it in. So if you are thinking about starting a podcast, one of the best hacks that you can get is this little foam box that you can find on Amazon. If you Google like a foam studio for your microphone, it is literally like $30. You can see it's literally just this box um, that you can put basically any microphone into. So like I said, I recorded, I first started my podcast in my car parked in the garage with iPhone headphones. Then I graduated to a spare closet. Um, and now I have this cool $20 foam box that I use. Um, and so I just want to like debunk the myth that you have to have this fancy studio or all of this equipment. Um, if you have iPhone headphones or some sort of recording capabilities, you can launch your podcast. Um, the thing is, and this is what I wish I would have done from the very beginning of my 
my show is to understand that your show is going to evolve just like you evolve over time. So a lot of times when we're starting a project or when we're in those beginning stages, we want to have the perfect intro, the perfect format. We want to make sure our publishing schedule is right. We want the perfect logo and the website and all of these things. And none of that matters. Those things that I was worried about, every single one of them has changed over the years. There's been multiple iterations of our intro music. There's been different publishing schedules. It's going to grow with you. So it's better to just start now and start with imperfection than to expect that you're going to land in this place where you're like, voila, the angels are singing and here I am. Um, so just give yourself flexibility to understand that you will evolve, your show will evolve, um, and that it's okay to make those moves. And then the last thing um, that has just been super, super helpful for me to understand is that so many people wonder about monetizing a podcast. How many of you are like, I'd love to do a podcast, but like, I don't understand how it makes money. I see Brian raising his hand. Um, and so many people are like, yeah, tell me about this. So one of the things that I wish I would have done from the very beginning, hear me out literally 400 episodes ago, if I could go back, I would do this, is that you do not need to wait for paid sponsors to approach you and say, hey, you have gotten this awesome show and you get all these downloads. Here's what, here's the hack. And you can monetize from day one. I truly believe this. If there is a program that you use or a service that you love or something that you do that has a referral code, AKA a friends and family code, you can start your show off and say, Hey, I just want to share a little bit about my favorite food delivery program, daily harvest. I love daily harvest. Um, if you want to save $40 on your order, go to code blah, 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 and talk about that service or why you love it. Now, you might not get money right away, but you might save money on your next daily harvest order. And the thing is, is that people don't understand that your listeners are always going back to episode one. Like I am four years into this game. People are still listening to episode one, which 100% makes me cringe, um, but which proves to me that like I could have driven way greater results if I would have thought of this idea four years ago. So think about the things that you use and love that you want to talk about that you tell people about even without getting paid. See if they have this referral program and then talk about it for 30 seconds to a minute on your show and guide them to a place that they can take advantage of an offer. Not only is this going to help you drive results using a podcast, but it's also going to give you results that if someday you want to pitch to bigger brands, you can say, hey, I've gotten this many customers or I've gotten this many people to try this product. And it gives you that proof of concept that you truly have influence. It also gives you this ability to test out different ways about talking about products. Um, we did this for a while and it like literally paid for our groceries for a year, which was a huge, huge relief. Um, and so just get creative because I think a lot of times we think, oh, there's no way I can monetize or it's going to be a five-year struggle before I can do this. Um, but that is one method that I think can be a very powerful way to test your influence, to put your influencer hat on and to try out something new that can drive results for long-term. I'll throw in something super tactical with those two of like that can give you a menu of those. There's, there's two large like affiliate platforms. If you guys don't know about it, one is called conjunction junction. So cj.com cj.com conjunction junction. And another one is called share a cell share a sale. And you go there and you sign up and you can be like anything you want to recommend literally anything it's in one of those two programs and they'll give you an affiliate link for it where you can earn, you know, 
anywhere from 10% all the way up to 50%, sometimes 100% commissions. And they'll give you a link. And so you just take that, you set up all your information, you set up your banking information, everything. And then they give you this link and you share that link out. And anyone who buys, the commissions just automatically go. Meaning you can have sponsors doing that right now where you just say, hey, guys, I'd like to recommend to you today, um, you know, American Express. They're really great. They're awesome. When I started my business, it was easy. And so just go to brandon.com for American Express. This isn't real, but I'm just giving an example. And that I just redirect that link to their site. And anyone who buys, I get receive up. And that's earning money right off the bat if you're starting out versus hoping, again, as Jenna said, some sponsor comes to you. It's like you can start like literally right now with hundreds of any household item you think of, any brand you use is on one of those two. And um, I've used them in this entrepreneur challenge I've been doing, Jenna. Mm, it's yeah. crazy. I just went out and said, what would I recommend to entrepreneurs? I got all the links. People take the entrepreneur's challenge. They go through the email sequence and I just go, here's the five things I like and recommend. These are my affiliate links. And like all day long, hundreds or thousands of people are clicking these and I'm earning money from those. And I just think I should have done that on my podcast once. And I never did. So I think it's important <laughs> that you can get in the game and not wait for sponsors, everybody. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, so that was number one. Helpful. Number what, what, What's two more things? I mean, on? okay. So I want for you to think about what you can get someone results doing. So one of the things I think people make a mistake on when it comes to podcasting is you're thinking about maybe your first 10 shows, but what happens when you get to episode 400 and you're like, do I still have things to talk about? And so your podcast is guiding people on this journey where you are continually building off of things you've said. Maybe you're contradicting yourself at certain points and you're saying, okay, I'm learning this new thing. I'm taking you on this journey. So me and my team, we have this attitude that we we are lifelong learners. Like we never want to like arrive and say, I've learned it all. I am done. Instead, we want to take people along with us while we learn. And so I want for you to be thinking about what sort of things, and Jay was talking about this too, like when he plans out his year, what do I want to learn this year? And then you get to take people on that journey. That doesn't mean that you're going to be the expert. That means you're going to share when you're in that middle that's really messy or when you're trying to figure out something new or you're trying to change your ways or you're trying to understand something that maybe is brand new to you. Um, and so you want to just think about the journey that you're going to take people on within each episode, but then also within your show as a whole. Um, and then the last thing is just, again, no dead ends. So a lot of times we create content and then we just finish it. And we never really think about where do I want people to go after this? Now, that doesn't mean that everyone is going to go where you want them to go, but think of it as an invitation. It's like you wouldn't invite someone somewhere and then just kind of leave them standing there not knowing what to do next. You want to kind of guide that journey for them, understanding that the right people are going to say yes. So every single episode, we think about where would we want someone to go after this? Is it come hang out with us on Instagram and let us know your biggest takeaway? Is it, you know, heading to one of these landing pages where you can have more resources on this topic? Do we want you to go watch a webinar? Do we want you to check out this blog post? Every single thing should continue. And no piece of your marketing strategy should like end with a dead end because people are always needing that guidance. They're waiting for you to tell them, here's where to go go next. Here's where I want to take you. Here's where you can continue this journey. And so just think about that in every piece of marketing content that you're creating from an Instagram post to a podcast episode, to an email, to a blog post, where do they go next? And let that be an invitation that you're proud of. Love that. That's so good. 
we give Jen a round of applause. This is so good. I love it so much. I think that's so, so key. I've made that mistake a lot of times, actually. Um, <laughs> so Jenna, you know, you have a lot of people watching who are in that, you know, starting out or kind of break, trying to break through for the scale piece here. What would you recommend to them on that journey? Because obviously you've gone through that in these last few years. And, you know, if you had to like a, your, your sign off here with them of, hey, as you're starting or you're about to scale, these are the things to keep in mind because you've got a lot of wisdom on that. So when it comes to scaling, I always say, please scale responsibly. <laughs> don't build something um, that takes over your life in the way that you don't plan for it to. And a lot of times when I'm with our friends, I always think, wow, like, is something wrong with me? Because I just desire this lifestyle. I, I know what success looks like for me. I know that success looks like tucking in my daughter at night. And it might not be hitting the New York Times bestseller list. But to me, that is like that winning moment for me. You know, when I'm really answering that question, I know I'm being successful when. And so when it comes to scaling, I, I want to make sure that you have the systems in place to scale, to grow, um, because I think a lot of times we start creating our own ladders that we find ourselves climbing that leads to nowhere that leads us to burnout or sadness or anxiety. Um, and so I think it's so important that we really look at like, do I have the foundation laid? Have I created the thing that is going to stay strong and true as I grow? And and is growth really what is pulling me forward? Um, for me, it's impact. Like if I can show up and make a difference in the life of one person, that matters. And so when I think of scaling, I think what happens is, is our brain tricks us into thinking more, more, more. But instead of thinking of more followers, more money, more clients, what if we think about more impact, more impacting one person, one-on-one? -on -one. Um, I was just at an event with Dean and Tony and our whole grant gang, and Dean walked by after I got off stage, and I was literally responding to every single message of somebody that tagged me. And I was sending voice notes and saying, oh my gosh, thank you so much for watching. And, and, and he goes, what are you doing? And I said, I'm, I'm responding to every single person that just tagged me because they took the time out of their day. I'm going to do the same. And he goes, oh my God, we need to do that. Like, what are we doing? And, and I think that I've never forgotten about the power of one. Um, and so as you're scaling, I want for you to get really honest with why, why do you want to scale in the first place? What is the driving force? Is that in alignment with your definition of success? And then how can you continually remember the power of one and never get too big to forget about the difference that you can make in one person's life? Make sure that foundation is sturdy. Make sure that you are willing to learn and grow and evolve as we all do. Um, and then make sure that you show up for the people that are showing up for you. Ooh, ladies and gentlemen, Jenna Kutcher, give her a round of applause. Please give her some hearts and like and share this post. Please do that. Jenna, that was so incredible. Thank so you. Good. So fun to see everybody's faces. Oh you guys are gosh. so, so beautiful. Lucy, I see you. Drua, James, Kareem has been like my cheerleader this entire time. It's been really, really awesome. So thank you guys. I appreciate you so much, Jenna. I can't wait to see you again and give you a big hug. And I know I need some sunshine. It's like 30 degrees in Minnesota today with a fresh layer of snow. So ah, we need to get you down here again. I miss you. <laughs> give my love to the family and uh, we'll talk soon. Everybody. Thank for Jenna, you guys. Enjoy. Thanks, Jenna. Oh my gosh. So good. So good. Was she amazing? Oh. Uh.
I, I really hope you'll listen to the Gold Digger podcast. I, I'm such a huge fan of Jenna's, and um, I just count her as one of the very important um, leaders with a genuine authenticity in our in our marketplace right now. So do that, do that, and to see her doing it all and juggling it this year, you know, as a new mom, um, when there's so many opportunities that we can all chase, and her prioritizing family, it's really a rare sight. Most people do really go after more, more, more. And I, I love her point of going after and just serving one. And, you know, what if it wasn't about more things or more likes or followers? It was about more depth. You know, I'm always trying to teach that in, um, you know, after someone has had everything they wanted in life, they always, what they really want is three more things. They always want more depth of experience in life. They always want to feel the day more, to actually like be more connected to the day and life itself and the energy of life because they're going so fast and doing so many things. There's so many opportunities. And it's like, I, I just went through the whole day and you lay down exhausted, but you didn't feel it. It wasn't that emotional, conscious, beautiful awareness and aliveness of connection. And then they want more mission, more meaningful goals, drive, work, connection, so those three things, they, they, they want more depth to life, deeper relationships, deeper mastery, deeper experiences. They want more in terms of that, that feeling of the day. And they want more fulfillment, satisfaction, meaning coming from important things. Everyone I've ever worked with at any level wanted those things. And so I think that plays to much of what Jenna and Jay are talking about this morning, too, is I, one reason I invite them on is because they both really care about their lives. And they care about the lives of the people that they serve. They, they, they want you to be sane and happy doing all this work because it can easily become too much about chasing more, more, more or the next new thing. And uh, take it from me, you know, I've spent a decade trying to master that. It's easy, but you have to have it on your priority list and on your choice list is how much you're going to pursue and at what cost that can bring to you or your family because we can all do a lot more things but we want make sure you feel the day you feel the depth of connection there and you're doing things you care about if you can overlay that to everything i promise you'll end up in a place where you like better not just more Jenna! Hello. Hey, girl. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you. I'm so ready. I'm so excited for you to be here. Um, listen, let me introduce Jenna to everybody who's tuning in just now on Influencer Summit. Uh, oh, my gosh. What an amazing day so far. My mind has been blown. And thank you, everyone, for participating. Jenna is here with us. And uh, for those of you who are near, we got some people in Zoom, Jenna. We got people on Facebook groups all over the place. Sweet. Thousands of people watching with us right now. And I know they're gonna get so much value, but I kind of want to brag on you a little bit. <laughs> well, here we go. <laughs> Y'all, Jenna is one of the nicest people I have met in this industry, one of the most genuine. As you follow her online, you know that she is always creating beautiful, thoughtful, deep, engaging, and real human content. 
Her podcast, The Gold Digger Podcast, is epically huge, deservedly so. She's an incredible teacher and trainer across social media platforms of how to do it well. And she's a living example of that. And she's somebody who Denise, my wife, loves and who I feel like has taught me a lot of what we can be doing on social media to share our message. And she's one of our great friends. Jenna Kutcher is with us on Influencer Summit. Jenna, I got to say it again. Hmm. I'm so thrilled for you to be here. Tell us where you're at right now. Yeah, so we are in northern Minnesota. Um, So for anyone living in a small town and you're thinking there's no way I can be an influencer, uh, the town that we are in is 1,200 people. um, And there's no Target within two hours, no McDonald's. We are literally in this sweet little unincorporated town in the middle of the woods with our little family. And this is our little um, guest house turned into an office. Which matters that there's no Target because she's also a new mom. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. <laughs> we have to wait for Amazon Prime for everything. So if you can't wait for two days, you better get creative and get fancy. <laughs> <laughs> My phone is blowing up right now, Jenna, because everyone loves you so much and they've been waiting to see you. And I didn't announce the agenda for people. And I can tell you, Jenna is one of the most like anticipated people that are just so excited to see her. Um, Jenna, I would love for you to share a little bit. Um, you know, one of the things I'm trying to get to here is sharing some things that a lot of people might not know about our journeys as influencers and about how hard it is sometimes to start and to get in it and to kind of get over yourself because there's all that self-image. There's a lot of, you know, that, that, that doubt that we all have. And I think you've done a great job of conveying this message of believing in yourself and getting over some of those self-image concerns to share more of yourself. Could you tell a little bit about that journey? Like, how did you get there and how are people watching who are like, I want to share more. I want to be more, but I don't like this part of myself or I'm scared of what other people are going to think. Yeah. I mean, how many people that are watching right now just feel like you're boring or you feel like you're not enough or you're not skinny enough or your skin is not smooth enough or you don't have the right body shape or you're never going to look like these fitness influencers on Instagram. I think that deep down within us, there's all of these insecurities. And when I'm really getting honest, I think that so many people actually fear success just as much as they fear failure. We talk about fearing failure and fearing, like being afraid of messing up. But a lot of times we don't get super, super honest with the fact that success is also scary. Like when we reach levels um, that are greater than what we thought was even possible, what happens if we fall? What happens if we mess up? What happens if the public sees these things, these insecurities that we are deeply already believing about ourselves? And for me, um, it's always been this feeling of like, I'm not interesting enough or I need to change. Like I am a small town Minnesota mom. Um, and a lot of times I'm always thinking like, gosh, why does anybody even care? Like no one cares about what I ate for breakfast. No one cares about what diapers I choose to use. Like none of that matters. And so when we hear the term influencer, a lot of times we think, well, good for them, but not for me, right? Like good for them that they can influence the world. Good for them that they have these platforms to use for their passions, but it's not for me. And The truth is, is that if you have one follower, just one follower, you are an influencer, you have influence. 
And I think that the culture of today is always telling us we need to do more, be more, get more followers, make more money. And Brendan, I loved how you led off today with just saying that it's not always about more. It's about being enough. And so my whole mission, the way that I show up, the way that I teach, the way that I hopefully inspire the world is to figure out how it is that you can own your enoughness and how to help other people feel less alone. And that's really the platform that I want to build on. I love that. And when you started, though, how did you like <laughs> find that? I mean, we get this all the time and I know you receive those. I'm like, but Jenna, how do you find your message? How do you find yeah. your passion, the thing that you're going to be doing anyway? Yeah. So my, I'll give you a very quick, like bird's eye view of my career. So I graduated from college, got a job in the corporate world, hated it, landed in a windowless office. And I was like, I need a vehicle out of here. I don't know what that vehicle is going to be, but I have to get out of here. And that vehicle ended up being a camera from Craigslist that I purchased. I had never taken an art class. I wasn't super creative. I had never been in photography workshops, nothing. Um, but I was passionate again. How many of you today feel just like burnt out? Like if somebody asked you like, what's your passion beyond work, beyond life, beyond your family? Like, do you not even, you don't even know anymore. Like you don't know what it is to have an idea or an imagination. You don't know what it is to practice that. And so I found this camera and I realized, man, like I was spending nights trying to learn how to use it. And I was editing photos in this awful app called Picnic. And I was trying to figure out like, wait, could this camera be the vehicle out of the corporate world? And that's exactly what it was for me. And so I decided I'm going to become a wedding photographer, started a free WordPress blog, started sharing these terribly edited photos, but I was passionate. And that passion just was so much brighter than my inexperience that I was able to become a wedding photographer. Um, over the next eight years, I had a very successful wedding photography career. I was named the top wedding photographer in Wisconsin for three years in a row. Um, and I loved wedding photography, but I realized that I was back in the motion of trading time for money. And when we decided to start our family and to grow our family, I realized that the type of life that I wanted, the way that I defined success had changed. It wasn't about six figures. It wasn't about shooting weddings every single weekend. It was more about what type of mom do I want to be? What type of life do I want to bring this child into? And so that was when I again pivoted and started teaching other people how to build a business the way that I built it. I had created systems and strategies. And so I started just sharing those with the world when I realized I did things differently than people. I had different results because I did things differently. And so that's where I started pivoting into this online space. And when I think about becoming an influencer, the one thing that I want for you to know is if you took the time today to scroll back through the thousands of posts that I've shared, you would see very similar messages to the same ones I'm sharing today. Not because I'm a broken record, but because I have been talking about the same things, about the same passions and sharing with them with the world when there was only a few hundred people, when there was only a few thousand people watching and people started to pay attention. And so one of the things that I often find, and Brendan, I know you find this too, is people will say, well, once I have the followers, then I'll start talking about the things that matter to me. No, no, no you start talking about the things that matter to you in order to get those followers. Yeah. And right now, I mean, same thing. I'm still talking about personal development. I mean, my first book on personal development came out in 2001. 
Yeah. And still many of the same themes that you find new ways to access it. You find new ways to explore it, to master it, to care about it. And also your audience is going to ask you so many questions. Yeah. I mean, out of all audiences that I know, I think Jenna's question, Jenna's audience asks her more questions about everything. Cause I see the comments on social media and she takes those questions and it really guides her ability to go deeper on her topic and to, yeah. to share things that are relevant to her. So for those of you who are in your houses or your garages and you're always trying to figure out like, what am I going to say? Your audience is going to help guide that. Jenna, I see, I just feel like in the last two years, you feel like that's true for you. I feel like, you, uh, is there anything you've done in the last two years that was really guided by the, by what you were getting feedback from your community on? Yeah, I mean, it's super interesting because I think a lot of times people can be confused at like, okay, what exactly do you do? Because one day I'll be talking about skincare and the next day I'll be talking about motherhood and the next day I'll be talking about body image and then I'll be teaching marketing strategies and people are like, wait, what do you do? And my platform is based on me. And I think that the reason why I was able to pivot out of the trading time for money and get into a space where I could make a bigger impact at a mass level and claim back my time as my currency was because I didn't hide behind my work. I never just thought that my work will speak for itself because so many people, what they do is they have a product or a service where they have this finished thing, which for me at the time was wedding photos. And they hide behind that because it's safe, feels safe, right? Like you can say, here's what I put out into the world. And if you want this, then this is for you. But the thing is, is that people expect your product or service, but what they don't expect is the experience that only you can offer. And yeah. that experience is going to be this multifaceted, multi-passionate experience because you are a human. Like if you aren't positive that you want to do exactly what you're doing today, five years from now, then what I want for you to do is focus on building a true brand. Like your products or services, those are your offers that makes your business. But when you build a true brand, that is the personality behind those offers. Even when I was a wedding photographer, there was a specific personality that resonated with people that gave people a reason to follow me. Even if they weren't an engaged woman looking for a wedding photographer or man trying to find a photographer for them in the next year. Because if I had only lived behind my work, the pool of people that I could impact, the pool of customers that I could get would have been so minuscule that I maybe would have only had 25 followers, right? And then once they had the product or service, they would just have no reason to follow me. And so we have to focus today with you, Influencer Summit, on how it is that you build this true brand that allows you to evolve and grow as a human. Like I have experienced so much growth. I have been stretched in ways that I wasn't prepared to. I've been thrust onto stages that I didn't feel ready for in the last two years. And I've made a lot of mistakes. Um, but the truth is, is that when you have a brand, there is that personality that leaves that room for saying, Hey, I'm a student too. Like I'm learning as well. Um, but here's what I'm learning in the middle of it. I love it. I love it. How do you, you know, when, when you think about the brand and the message and you're, you're going through all these different things, how did you find what to offer? Because I love how you, you said, it's like, well, you, you have the businesses, these offerings. And, and a lot of people watching right now, Jenna, they, they know they should be doing more on social media. Mm -hmm. And that's not what's exciting to them, you know, because they're like, ah, but what's exciting to them is, oh, maybe I can have some more lifestyle freedom here. Maybe I can, you know, have something to offer that earns side income while I'm staying at home 
or helps me leave this dead end job or helps me feel like whatever I am selling or serving is really going to help people as a product or service. Like, but it's hard to find that. I mean, one is believing in yourself that you should put yourself out there. The other is, okay, but what do I do? And a lot of people, get, it's, it's hard for them to conceive themselves as a brand, but once they understand there's a business thing, they go, oh, I could, yeah, I could, I could sell something. Oh yeah, that'd be good for my family and the financial outcome, but what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think that if we kind of take a page from Dean Graziosi's book, it's all about finding your superpower. So what is the thing that you uniquely know how to do, solve, create, systemize? What is that thing? And a lot of times when people attend summits like this, they're thinking, well, I'm not in the business of making other people money. So there's no way that I'm going to be successful, right? Like that is one of the biggest objections. And the thing is, is that if you can save people time or simplify a process or just bring somebody more joy, you have an offer that you can present to the world that is of value. But what happens is, is that we are way too close to our own genius. Like the things that are so common sense to us are literally life-changing. Like my blowing for other people. And so we live in this world where we think, well, everyone knows how to do that. Or this is so simple. Of course, no one would pay to learn this. But the truth is, is that we sometimes need people to speak into our lives to understand what it is that's different about us. So if you are sitting here and you're thinking, I have no idea what an offer is. I have no idea what I know that is valuable. I'm not sure what I could present to the world and say, hand over your hard earned dollars and let me give this to you, then I would challenge you to ask someone you love to speak into your life. Say, what am I the go-to person for? Or what about me fascinates you? Or what is the result that you've seen me get myself or someone else that you're curious about? Because the thing is, is that as humans, we are obsessed with efficiency. Like Brendan, you and I, we are efficiency freaks. And so we are constantly figuring out ways to systemize, to lead us to some sort of end result faster or with less roadblocks or with less friction. And so we don't even recognize that we're creating these systems that are getting us results. And then we continue to fail to realize that those systems or those processes or the way that we do that thing can actually impact other people positively. And so whenever I'm doubting myself or feeling like, gosh, everyone knows this. Um, I ask somebody in my life, you know, my mom or my husband or one of my best friends, like, what do you consider me the go-to person for? What is something you've been really curious about that you wish I could walk you through? And if you have an audience, even if that audience is 30 people, they will likely tell you exactly what they want to learn from you. And the thing is, is that you don't have to have it all figured out to guide someone through that process. You just literally have to be one step ahead of them to provide meaningful value. I love that. I love that. You know what I'm always telling people is uh, don't worry that you have to figure out the thing that you're selling for the rest of your life yes. because it's so intimidating for some people. It's about, well, what could get you in the game that you would really enjoy yeah. giving and serving and promoting for the next year of your life? Because sometimes from you, that might be a book. You're going to promote it for a year of your life. Sometimes it's going to be a season where like Jenna's like was all about the podcast and she was so, I mean, 
it was the, the, the love and care she put in the podcast and they would just push, 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 push for the podcast. Other times it's going to be for you. You're going to say, Oh, I'm a, this is my season to do a course. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it doesn't have to be something that's going to be forever because life happens. And, and Jenna, you're a good example of it. It's like, Oh wait, I'm going to be a new mom now. Um, and you and I had some discussions about that and conversations even when you were out here of, of things change. Yeah. in our lives. Some, some of yeah. you, you're going to transition from, you know, relationships to new towns, to new businesses. So I would love, Janet, for you to talk about, like, especially being a new mom, because we have so many parents staying at home right now, dealing with so much stuff. Like, what does, can you give us a tactical rundown of your week mm-hmm. and how you manage it? Because someone messaged me that, like, they're like, how does Jenna do it all? And what specifically does she do each week? So like paint a picture of your real life for us because you're really good at that. Yeah. So one of the things I've been thinking about a lot is, and you touched on this earlier, Brendan, so beautifully, is the difference between accomplished based entrepreneurs and lifestyle entrepreneurs. And I think that even if you don't consider yourself an entrepreneur, it's so important to understand which camp you fall into. So achievement based, accomplishment based are the people that are always striving. They have that like list of things that they want to hit, whether it's clients, money, impact, whatever that is. They have this very specific list. And then there are lifestyle based entrepreneurs that they want to make a living and have this certain sort of lifestyle where they can be the type of person they want to be. And I think it is so important that we first start with just defining what does success look like for you? Like, what does it look like? And what are you willing to trade in order to reach that level of success? And please write that was, down, y'all. I know yes. listen, it's so easy to breeze over things. But if you don't write that down, what success looks like to you specifically in this industry or specifically on this platform or specifically with this offer or the sale coming up, life gets super messy and you overwork if you don't know what success looks like for you. You you have to have a picture of that somehow. So awesome, Jazz. That was that's so key. Yeah. And I think, too, it's it's cool to acknowledge that the way that we define success for ourselves is going to evolve just as we evolve and learn as a human. And so when I was a wedding photographer, I was 100% achievement based. I found so much joy in saying, you know, I'm shooting 30 weddings a year. I'm the top blah, blah, blah. And when I decided I wanted to become a mother, for those of you that don't know our story, um, it took three years and we had two miscarriages in that journey. And it was just this season of waiting for me. And it was such a, just a devastating season. I get so emotional and I think about it because whew, uh, that season taught me so much about what I define success as because the numbers didn't matter. It was, it was that ultimate goal, that why got so much deeper for me. And um, I ran into someone the other day and I just shared about our two losses. And she said, something tells me that those souls knew you needed to become who you were meant to become while you were in that journey. Sorry, wow. guys. I'm the girl bringing, bringing the mom vibes. Um, we love you. Bring the mom vibes. We love you. <laughs> um, but that's Jenna, some hearts and love here because, you know, these virtual things, these are real. This is real life, you know? Super so real. Um, but yeah, it was like that season of waiting for me where like I was able to ask those hard questions. Like, what do I actually want? What matters to me? Like when I'm sitting there feeling so crippled by this business I had built and knowing that if I didn't show up, the money wouldn't come in. 
I need to change. Something has to give. And so for me, it was really about like redefining success and figuring out what that new identity was. And I think that a lot of times we forget that we're able to take on these new identities. We are constantly becoming, we are learning, we are messing up, we are growing, we are being stretched. And so I would literally do this visualization where I would say, I'm going to wake up as the most successful version of myself. I'm going to put my fingers in her finger slots and ground her feet into the same floor that she will be. And this is going to be my day. And this is going to be my life. And I had this vision of this little girl eating pancakes at a table. There is music on and I was washing the dishes, looking out. And this is the little girl that uh, came <laughs> after those visions. Um, and so for me, I needed that season of waiting because sometimes that season of waiting is just as important as what it is that we're waiting for. And so when we start to look at success and we start to dream about like where it is that we want to go, we have to be super honest as to what this season of life is calling us. Is it calling us to be that achievement-based person or is it saying, here's what the lifestyle is? So for me, there are non-negotiables. Dean taught me this um, strategy where you fill in the blank to this sentence. So it says, I know I'm being successful when, and you fill in the blank, write that down. I know I'm being successful when, and then write that down. And for me, that means when I'm having breakfast with my family every day, when, and I know you've been doing this too, Brendan, when Drew says, Hey, do you want to go on a walk or a run? Or do you want to take a sauna? I say, yes. Like I, I drop whatever I'm doing. And I say, yes. Um, I know I'm being successful when I go to bed at a great reasonable time and I, I spend time reading just for pleasure. And so for me, um, I now work part time. Um, I'm so fortunate to have this space and I understand what it's like to be hiding in the closet when your children are banging on the door. I mean, I record most of my podcasts inside of a tiny little closet. I know what it's like to have children that follow you into the bathroom and you don't even have like a second to breathe. Um, but I have to figure out that balance. And then I also have to figure out how to maximize the time that I do have. So I can get done more in a nap time than I used to get done in an entire day because I'm like, these three hours are precious and I am going to rock them out. Um, and then the last piece of that is really just setting boundaries. So we recently created a cabinet in our home. I challenge you all to do this. That has a charging uh, cord and none of your devices can live outside of this cabinet. So if your device needs to be charged, it's going to live in the cabinet. And I hope that it's a squeaky cabinet so that anytime you open it up, your spouse or your partner or your kids or your friend or your roommate can say, what are you grabbing your phone for? Nothing's going on. You're not missing anything. Um, and so just setting some really big boundaries around that as well with my family. But then we also implement things like batch working um, and just figuring out like how we can batch like-minded tasks. So today was my video day. because I was like, I'm going to put makeup on for the first time in 30 days for Brendan so that he can see my face. Um, and then I'm going to record all the videos that I have been putting off for the last month because I didn't even know where my makeup, makeup bag lived. So I love it. I love it. When you are doing that, you know, you're, you're, you're saying part-time, what does that look like for Jenna? Yeah. That yes. okay, we're, we're, we're going to knock out X number of videos for YouTube. We're going to do the podcast. Like, can you break it down on kind of like what the work tasks are? Cause a lot yeah. of people, what I'm, what I'm discovering, I'm getting feedback on is like, but what does it look like that I do? Yeah. Because they kind of, even if they believe in themselves or they find the message, it's like, okay, how many hours should I focus on video or on audio? Or, and, and how do you make those decisions? 
Yeah, so I usually will have breakfast with the family. I'll come out at around 10 a.m. I'll work from 10 to 1, so three hours. And then I usually go inside and I'm on monitor duty. So I watch the monitor so that my husband can have his own time during the day. Um, and that means the baby monitor. Just for everybody. Yes, baby yeah. monitor duty. Baby I'm mon watching the baby ah. monitor. Um, and then I basically get to work until about like 5 p.m. And that's when I cut off. So what my days look like is figuring out what it is that I can do to move the needle. So nowadays, what happens is we are so distracted. So you're going to see so many incredible experts, people that are authors, YouTube creators, podcasters, all these different things. And you're likely going to feel overwhelmed. Like, oh my gosh, I need to start a YouTube channel, create a top hit podcast. I need to record videos that are super captivating in the first three to eight seconds. I need to do all these things. And you're going to start to freak out, right? But what I I think that Jay said that I loved what he was talking about is that he mastered one platform and made it almost formulaic for himself before he moved on to the next. And so what I always look at is where does your passion and true progress intersect? Because there is going to be a platform that you find yourself scrolling more often or a place that you find yourself researching or a form of creation that you find yourself drawn to that just feels more approachable. It could be writing it could be video, it could be audio, it could be Instagram stories, whatever that looks like. And when you can actually find where your passion intersects with true progress, it doesn't mean that it has to be your greatest passion work. It needs to mean that it's something that you're actually committing to do and showing up consistently. That's where you need to put your attention. Now, I mentioned early briefly that we like to batch work. So that what that means is that a lot of times we think that we're able to be multitaskers, right? Especially women, we are so guilty. We're like, I'm gonna do eight things at once and I'm gonna do them all really well. But the truth is, is that when you batch work, you set aside super like-minded tasks so that you only have to set up and shut down once and so that you can knock everything out all at one time. So for example, yesterday I was batch recording my podcast. So I had already reviewed all of our notes and our outlines. I set up my microphone once I did one sound check and I hit record and I knocked out as much as I could in that three hour time chunk. The next day I might be planning out our social stuff. And the thing is that happens is that you are able to be way more strategic when you approach work this way because you're not just doing a bunch of one-off posts you're seeing the common thread that thread that binds that thread that connects and converts and you're able to say okay how am I connecting with people? How are these call to actions making sense? Where am I guiding them to? What do I want them to do when they're done consuming this? And so I like to break up my work into batch working. So tomorrow, then I'll be doing a different task. Sure you guys wrote those questions down. She just said, like, I'm just jumping in real quick, Jenna, to remind them, yeah. don't be passive listeners. When you have people like Jenna or Jay or myself, and we're like, hey, these are the questions to ask yourself. We've thought about those questions. She's not just talking. She's like, oh, no, that, that's how she's organizing herself. Oh, where do they go now? What happens after this? And these yes. types of things are the things you write down because it, it sometimes it sounds so casual. I, this is where I struggled as an influencer coming in. It's like when people talk about, oh, I do this and this and this, they're giving you the roadmap. They're giving you like the operational tools and tactics and stuff like that. So make sure you're really capturing some of these questions that she's asking to drive her day. This is great. Yeah. Jen. Thank you. Yeah. And a round of applause, by the way. I'm just so happy Jenna's here. You're oh. doing so great. This is this is so helpful. I'm taking notes like crazy over here. 
Oh, thank you. I think that it's just one of those things where a lot of times we have so many ideas and we hear so many different things. And the biggest thing that I want to encourage everyone that's attending and learning today is to take what serves you and let the rest go. When you are hearing different techniques, strategies, ideas, um, like like action items, you immediately know like this feels in alignment or yes, I can commit to this or yes, this makes total sense to me. And I think that a lot of times while we're taking notes and things like that, we're thinking, okay, I need to do all of these things. But what I would encourage you to do, and I always do this, Brendan, whenever we all get together at the end of the night, I'll go down, I won't look at my notes and I'll write down the three things that stuck with me because one, I have mom brain. So things don't stick with me all that long. And two, there are going to be three main points or three things that somebody said or three ideas that I want to execute on at the end of the day. And if I'm still thinking about those three things eight hours later, then that's likely a good sign that that's in alignment with my vision, my beliefs and the way that I want to impact. And so I just want to give you full permission to really get like honest with yourself and say, you know, maybe I'm not going to be the next YouTube star, uh, but maybe I love to host conversations and a podcast feels more approachable to me. Uh, maybe these are these techniques that I picked up today that are going to help me to really connect with people in a way that serves me and serves them where they're at. Um, so I just wanted to throw that in. Yeah, I love that. Speaking of podcast, um, you know, I asked Jay, and I'll probably ask most of our guests this. It's like when, they're, when there's these areas that you're just crushing it on, if you can give like three pieces of advice on, and I think one thing, I, I just love following you on Instagram anyway because you're my friend. I get to see baby. I get to see, you know, I just can see your life in such a different way than like I show. I like show quotes. <laughs> you show such a different level of intimacy, which I love. So could you give like, if people wanted to grow their Instagram audience, three tactical pieces of advice, but then also your podcast, which I hope you all listen to the gold digger is so good about, you know, just digging down to find your goals, but also living your life. So um, three tactical pieces about growing a podcast. Okay. So let's start with Instagram. Instagram. So um, if you're familiar with me, this is going to be no shock that I'm going to kick off with you uh, about the JK5. So this is a method that a lot of our friends have taken on, Dean and Russell. Russell wrote about this in his book, uh, Russell Brunson. But the JK5 is my method for creating connection and showing up on social media. So I want for you to imagine that your life or your brand, or if you have an existing business, is a magazine, okay? So I want for you to literally visualize you like in an airport, which what are airports anymore? Um, but in an airport and you see your magazine on the shelf with your picture on it. And I want for you to think about the different headlines that would be featured on your magazine. So what topics are you going to cover? What hooks do you have on there? What headlines are going to grip someone in and bring them into your life? Um, for me, what I talk about, I talk about motherhood. I talk about business. I talk about life. I talk about Minnesota. I talk about traveling. I talk about body image. Uh, there's so many different things that I talk about that if I were to have a magazine would be covered in that magazine. And this is going to help you get outside of yourself with all of those doubts. And it's also going to help for you to not always hide behind your product or your service. And so when you think about these five different topics, let's just stick with five because it's a good number. This is what you're going to lean on when you start to think about your social media strategy. 
So I want for you to pick five different things and only one to two of them actually have to do with the offer that you're selling. So the other three to four pieces of your JK5 are going to be connection pieces that will allow you to connect with your audience in a way that is just serving them, that is binding you two together, that is creating community and helping people to feel more enough or less alone, whatever that looks like. And so let's say on Instagram, we're going to plan to post Monday through Friday. Guess what? You have five categories. So you are going to cover each category one time in the week. So for me, Monday could be motherhood. Tuesday could be business. Wednesday could be about marriage. Thursday could be about body image. And Friday could be about books. I don't know, whatever that is. So I can continue to cover all of these different topics. Now think about it. There are likely accounts that you follow where you just resonate with one of those categories, right? Like there's one thing that you love about this person and that gives you a reason to follow them. This is going to give people a reason to follow you, even if they're not currently interested in what you have to offer. And it's going to give them time to understand you at a more human level with your brand being that personality and connect with you. So those people, like there are people that follow me just because I share super honestly about our experience with miscarriage. They connect with that one tie. They might not be interested in marketing, but I'm not repelling them when I'm talking about the different topics. They just resonate more with one certain one. And so for me, creating this sort of system really helped to kind of give me that guiding light so that I wouldn't open up Instagram and be like, I have nothing to post or I don't want know what I want to post next. Now, here's a really tactical thing. So if it's you like want- a view in a different part of your life and yes. you do that every day. Yeah. Yep. So it's just one category, Monday, Tuesday, and it doesn't have to be super rigid and it doesn't have to be the same exact story over and over and over again, but you're creating this consistency that people can rely on. And you're also making people think of you when they think of something other than your business or service. Um, And so here's something that's super tactical. So if you're thinking, well, I don't know what my five categories would be tonight before or not tonight, don't do it tonight because your, your eyes will be burned into your head. But before you go to bed or when you have a little bit of free time, jump onto your phone and open up your camera roll and look at the things that you naturally document, the things that are important to you. It could be home interiors or meals. It could be nature. It could be movies that you love. It could be books you're reading, whatever that is. Look through your camera roll. Your camera roll is going to reveal topics to you that you've already created a content library that's literally just living inside of your camera roll. And if you want to take this even a step further, you can create an album on your phone for each of your JK5 categories. So I could create an album that says motherhood, and then I could drop in any photos that I'm seeing that have motherhood as a theme and start building out this library of content. Now, Someone's going to ask this, so I'm going to answer it. People are probably wondering, well, wait, don't you have to post in real time or it didn't happen? And that is the biggest myth when it comes to social media. Do not post in real time. Don't do that. Like you do not need to post in real time. In fact, I highly encourage you to be present for your life. Take the photo and put your phone down. If you're on a date night, take the picture. Give her a round of applause. Put your phone down. Be on date night. Be with your family with your friends you don't have yes. to do yes thank you Jenna. yes do share not post in real time have to share this so people hear this <laughs> omg Oh, I know we, we have lots of rules around phones. One of them is that we put our phones in the glove box and lock the glove box before we go into a date because phones don't belong on dates. But um, 
I just want to encourage you because here's the thing is if you're posting in real time, you have no time to ask yourself, why does this matter? How am I inviting someone in to make this moment matter to them? How am I serving anyone with this post? Is it just serving my ego or am I actually aiming to help reach somebody? And what step do I want people to take next? So the three questions you have to ask yourself before you post anything is who is this post serving? Why does it matter to them? And what do I want them to do after they see this? And a lot of times, if you're posting in real time, you don't think through any of that. You pop up a few emojis, you hit publish, and you move forward. That's why you're not actually generating any results on Instagram. When people are telling me these days, and I think it's across the board that engagement is down, I always respond with, well, sure, engagement might be down, but are your results down? Because if you're following an actual strategy, the end game isn't just in likes and comments and follows. The end game is guiding people down this path to more invitations from you to stay in touch with you to build that relationship with you um so first jk5 second don't post in real time and then third challenge yourself to just show up for one minute a day invite people into your world so like brendan said he's like i love it because i just feel like this it's this intimate look at you but here's the thing how many of you have ever gone over to somebody's house and now all of a sudden you can visualize their life unfolding inside of it? Like it, it opens up your imagination and you're like, I know where Brendan makes his morning coffee or I know where Denise sits on that patio and reads her favorite novel. I can picture their life unfolding and it really deepens your relationship and allows you to fill in the gaps that we naturally are trying to fill in when it comes to social media, right? Like we're constantly trying to think like, what was the moment that happened before that? What's happening after that? What is she doing in between that? And so when you invite people into your life in that more intimate way, just showing one minute of your day, that's like four Instagram story clips. It allows people to understand the scenes that are happening for you. And it makes that connection so much stronger to really help connect the dots on why something should matter to them. Um, so those so are my good. three Instagram tips. How is that? Oh my gosh, that's so good, Jenna. That's so good. And you know, it's so funny because, you know, we got all that, some of my community here and you're like, oh, that's where Denise sits to read and, and that's where Brendan, and they're like, we've never seen that. Why doesn't he do that? Because you're the only, like you and my friend groups on text, you're the only, you, I share that with my super close friends, um, yeah. but I don't do that, those little one minute scenes and I should, mm -hmm. but also I think this is a really great reminder for people. Like there's parts of, our lives we don't have to share and what i love yes. with simplicity is one minute show them what whether that's a minute of your 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 favorite workout your favorite meal whether it's one minute play with the kids in the yard that you feel comfortable with i yep. think it's everyone can find a minute yep. everyone can find a minute of your day to share and i'm guilty of not doing that enough um and i also want to share why like for me my primary identity on social media has always been, I just want to share my writing. I want the yeah. words for itself. And, and I was doing this long before, you know, Instagram, et cetera. But I know that as you'll see in this coming year, as we go to scale what we're doing, that's going to be a very important thing of, I have to, as Jay said, innovate and get out there. And as Jenna would teach me, show more vulnerability in scenes of life too. So I think it's really important. It's funny because many of you, if you've studied with me for a while, you know, we've always taught you have to share, you have to tell the customer about scenes of their life 
what it's like before, what the scene of their life will be after when you're trying to sell something. But that's so true on social media too, of your own life. So I think that's so good. Okay. Yeah. Um, three, those were super tactile. Now we'll give a round of applause. It's so good. Um, three things to grow a podcast. And again, please, right. the gold digger, which we love as a podcast. I have it on my morning walk routine. Often I'm listening to you, Jenna. So uh, three things to grow a podcast. All right, they- here we go. Um, so we just hit 40 million downloads, which is still hey! so mind blowing 400 episodes. Um, and wow. I just want you to know, like, I don't have a studio. Wow. I don't have like, there's, there's nothing crazy beyond just this ability to want and this desire to show up and to teach. Um, and so for a podcast, so can I actually show you my setup really quick? Do you guys want to see yeah. my setup? Uh, yes, what sure, it looks sure. like? So, okay, hold on. I'm going to rotate my camera here. Okay. Maybe not here. I'll bring it in. So if you are thinking about starting a podcast, one of the best hacks that you can get is this little foam box that you can find on Amazon. If you Google like a foam studio for your microphone, it is literally like $30. You can see it's literally just this box um, that you can put basically any microphone into. So like I said, I recorded, I first started my podcast in my car, parked in the garage with iPhone headphones. Then I graduated to a spare closet. Um, and now I have this cool $20 foam box that I use. Um, and so I just want to like debunk the myth that you have to have this fancy studio or all of this equipment. Um, if you have iPhone headphones or some sort of recording capabilities, you can launch your podcast. Um, the thing is, and this is what I wish I would have done from the very beginning of my show is to understand that your show is going to evolve just like you evolve over time. So a lot of times when we're starting a project or when we're in those beginning stages, we want to have the perfect intro, the perfect format. We want to make sure our publishing schedule is right. We want the perfect logo and the website and all of these things. And none of that matters. Those things that I was worried about, every single one of them has changed over the years. There's been multiple iterations of our intro music. There has been different publishing schedules, it's going to grow with you. So it's better to just start now and start with imperfection than to expect that you're going to land in this place where you're like, voila, the angels are singing and here I am. Um, So just give yourself flexibility to understand that you will evolve, your show will evolve, um, and that it's okay to make those moves. And then the last thing um, that has just been super, super helpful for me to understand is that so many people wonder about monetizing a podcast. How many of you are like, I'd love to do a podcast, but like, I don't understand how it makes money. I see Brian raising his hand. Um, and so many people are like, yeah, tell me about this. So one of the things that I wish I would have done from the very beginning, hear me out literally 400 episodes ago, if I could go back, I would do this is that you do not need to wait for paid sponsors to approach you and say, Hey, you have gotten this awesome show and you get all these downloads. Here's what, here's the hack. And you can monetize from day one. I truly believe this. If there is a program that you use or a service that you love or something that you do that has a referral code, AKA a friends and family code, you can start your show off and say, Hey, I just want to share a little bit about my favorite food delivery program, daily harvest. I love daily harvest. 
Um, if you want to save $40 on your order, go to code blah, 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 and talk about that service or why you love it. Now, you might not get money right away, but you might save money on your next daily harvest order. And the thing is, is that people don't understand that your listeners are always going back to episode one. Like I am four years into this game. People are still listening to episode one, which 100% makes me cringe, um, but which proves to me that like I could have driven way greater results if I would have thought of this idea four years ago. So think about the things that you use and love that you want to talk about that you tell people about even without getting paid. See if they have this referral program and then talk about it for 30 seconds to a minute on your show and guide them to a place that they can take advantage of an offer. Not only is this going to help you drive results using a podcast, but it's also going to give you results that if someday you want to pitch to bigger brands, you can say, hey, I've gotten this many customers or I've gotten this many people to try this product. And it gives you that proof of concept that you truly have influence. It also gives you this ability to test out different ways about talking about products. Um, We did this for a while and it like literally paid for our groceries for a year, which was a huge, huge relief. Um, And so just get creative because I think a lot of times we think, oh, there's no way I can monetize or it's going to be a five-year struggle before I can do this. Um, But that is one method that I think can be a very powerful way to test your influence, to put your influencer hat on and to try out something new that can drive results for long-term. I'll throw in something super tactical with those two of like that can give you a menu of those. There's, there's two large like affiliate platforms. If you guys don't know about it, one is called conjunction junction. So cj.com cj.com conjunction junction. And another one is called share a cell share a sale. And you go there and you sign up and you can be like anything you want to recommend literally anything it's in one of those two programs and they'll give you an affiliate link for it where you can earn, you know, anywhere from 10% all the way up to 50%, sometimes hundred percent commissions. And they'll give you a link. And so you just take that, you set up all your information, you set up your banking information, everything. And then they give you this link and you share that link out. And anyone who buys the commissions just automatically go, meaning you can have sponsors doing that right now where you just say, Hey guys, I'd like to recommend to you today. Um, you know, American Express. They're really great. They're awesome. When I started my business, it was easy. And so just go to brandon.com for American Express. This isn't real, but I'm just giving an example. And that I just redirect that link to their site. And anyone who buys, I get receive up. And that's earning money right off the bat if you're starting out versus hoping, again, as Jenna said, some sponsor comes to you. It's like you can start like literally right now with hundreds of any household item you think of, any brand you use is on one of those two. And um, I've used them in this entrepreneur challenge I've been doing, Jenna. Mm, It's crazy. I just went out and said, what would I recommend to entrepreneurs? I got all the links. People take the entrepreneurs challenge. They go through the email sequence and I just go, here's the five things I like and recommend. These are my affiliate links. And like all day long, hundreds of thousands of people are clicking these and I'm earning money from those. And I just think I should have done that on my podcast once. And I never did. So I think (laughs) it's important that you can get in the game and not wait for sponsors, everybody. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So that was number one. Number What's two more things? I mean, okay. So I want for you to think about what 
you can get someone results doing. So one of the things I think people make a mistake on when it comes to podcasting is you're thinking about maybe your first 10 shows, but what happens when you get to episode 400 and you're like, do I still have things to talk about? And so your podcast is guiding people on this journey where you are continually building off of things you've said. Maybe you're contradicting yourself at certain points and you're saying, okay, I'm learning this new thing. I'm taking you on this journey. So me and my team, we have this attitude that we are lifelong learners. Like we never want to like arrive and say, I've learned it all. I am done. Instead, we want to take people along with us while we learn. And so I want for you to be thinking about what sort of things, and Jay was talking about this too, like when he plans out his year, what do I want to learn this year? And then you get to take people on that journey. That doesn't mean that you're going to be the expert. That means you're going to share when you're in that middle that's really messy or when you're trying to figure out something new or you're trying to change your ways or you're trying to understand something that maybe is brand new to you. Um, And so you want to just think about the journey that you're going to take people on within each episode, but then also within your show as a whole. Um, And then the last Last thing is just, again, no dead ends. So a lot of times we create content and then we just finish it. And we never really think about where do I want people to go after this? Now, that doesn't mean that everyone is going to go where you want them to go, but think of it as an invitation. It's like you wouldn't invite someone somewhere and then just kind of leave them standing there not knowing what to do next. You want to kind of guide that journey for them, understanding that the right people are going to say yes. So every single episode we think about where would we want someone to go after this? Is it come hang out with us on Instagram and let us know your biggest takeaway? Is it, you know, heading to one of these landing pages where you can have more resources on this topic? Do we want you to go watch a webinar? Do we want you to check out this blog post? Every single thing should continue and no piece of your marketing strategy should like end with a dead end because people are always needing that guidance. They're waiting for you to tell them here's where to go go next. Here's where I want to take you. Here's where you can continue this journey. And so just think about that in every piece of marketing content that you're creating from an Instagram post to a podcast episode, to an email, to a blog post, where do they go next? And let that be an invitation that you're proud of. Love that. That's so good. We give Jenna round of applause. This is so good. I love it so much. I think that's so, so key. I've made that mistake a lot of times actually. Um, (laughs) So Jenna, You know, you have a lot of people watching who are in that, you know, starting out or kind of break, trying to break through for the scale piece here. What would you recommend to them on that journey? Because obviously you've gone through that in these last few years. And, you know, if you had to like your, your sign off here with them of, hey, as you're starting or you're about to scale, these are the things to keep in mind because you've got a lot of wisdom on that. So when it comes to scaling, I always say, please scale responsibly. (laughs) Don't build something um, that takes over your life in the way that you don't plan for it to. And a lot of times when I'm with our friends, I always think, wow, like is something wrong with me? Because I just desire this lifestyle. I, I know what success looks like for me. I know that success looks like tucking in my daughter at night. And it might not be hitting the New York Times bestseller list. But to me, that is like that winning moment for me. You know, when I'm really answering that question, I know I'm being successful when. And so when it comes to scaling, I, I want to make sure that you have the systems in place to scale, to grow, um, because I think a lot of times we start creating our own ladders that we find ourselves climbing that leads to nowhere, that leads us to 
burnout or sadness or anxiety. Um, and so I think it's so important that we really look at like, do I have the foundation laid? Have I created the thing that is going to stay strong and true as I grow? And and is growth really what is pulling me forward? Um, for me, it's impact. Like if I can show up and make a difference in the life of one person, that matters. And so when I think of scaling, I think what happens is, is our brain tricks us into thinking more, more, more. But instead of thinking of more followers, more money, more clients, what if we think about more impact, more impacting one person, one-on-one? Um, I was just at an event with Dean and Tony and our whole grant gang, and Dean walked by after I got off stage, and I was literally responding to every single message of somebody that tagged me. And I was sending voice notes and saying, oh my gosh, thank you so much for watching. And, and, and he goes, what are you doing? I said, I'm, I'm responding to every single person that just tagged me because they took the time out of their day. I'm going to do the same. And he goes, oh my God, we need to do that. Like, what are we doing? And, and I think that I've never forgotten about the power of one. Um, and so as you're scaling, I want for you to get really honest with why, why do you want to scale in the first place? What is the driving force? Is that in alignment with your definition of success? And then how can you continually remember the power of one and never get too big to forget about the difference that you can make in one person's life? Make sure that foundation is sturdy. Make sure that you are willing to learn and grow and evolve as we all do. Um, and then make sure that you show up for the people that are showing up for you. Ooh, ladies and gentlemen, Jenna Kutcher, give her a round of applause. Please give her some hearts and like and share this post. Please do that. Jenna, that was so incredible. Thank so you. Good. So fun to see everybody's faces. Oh you guys are gosh. so, so beautiful. Lucy, I see you. Drua, James, Kareem has been like my cheerleader this entire time. It's been really, really awesome. So thank you guys. I appreciate you so much, Jenna. I can't wait to see you again and give you a big hug. And I know I need some sunshine. It's like 30 degrees in Minnesota today with a fresh layer of snow. So ah, we need to get you down here again. I miss you. <laughs> give my love to the family and uh, we'll talk soon. Everybody. Thank for Jenna, you guys. Enjoy. Thanks, Jenna. Oh, my gosh. So good. So good. Was she amazing? Uh, I, I really hope you'll listen to Gold Digger podcast. I, I'm such a huge fan of Jenna's and. Um, I just count her as one of the very important um, leaders with a genuine authenticity in our, in our marketplace right now. So do that, do that. And to see her doing it all and juggling it this year, you know, as a new mom, um, when there's so many opportunities that we can all chase and her prioritizing family, it's really a rare sight. Most people do really go after more and more and more. And I, I love her point of going after and just serving one. And, you know, what if it wasn't about more things or more likes or followers? It was about more depth. You know, I'm always trying to teach that in, um, you know, after someone has had everything they wanted in life, they always, what they really want is three more things. They always want more depth of experience in life. They always want to feel the day more. To actually like be more connected to the day and life itself and the energy of life because they're going so fast. I'm doing so many things. There's so many opportunities. And it's like, I, I just went through the whole day and you lay down exhausted, but you didn't feel it. It wasn't that emotional, conscious, beautiful awareness and aliveness of connection. And then they want more mission, more meaningful goals, drive, work, 
connection. So those three things, they, they, they want more depth to life, deeper relationships, deeper mastery, deeper experiences. They want more in terms of that, that feeling of the day. And they want more fulfillment, satisfaction, meaning coming from important things. Everyone I've ever worked with at any level wanted those things. And so I think that plays to much of what Jenna and Jay are talking about this morning too, is one reason I invite them on is because they both really care about their lives and they care about the lives of the people that they serve. They, they, they want you to be sane and happy doing all this work because it can easily become too much about chasing more, 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 or the next new thing. And uh, take it from me, you know, I've spent a decade trying to master that it's easy, but you have to have it on your priority list and on your choice list is how much you're going to pursue and at what cost that can bring to you or your family, because we can all do a lot more things, but we want make sure you feel the day, you feel the depth of connection there, and you're doing things you care about. If you can overlay that to everything, I promise you'll end up in a place where you like better, not just more.